Hey, hey, good people. This is DJ, host of Spoiled Milk Podcast, and I got with me my co-host, Big Mike. How's it going out there, Spoiled Milk family? Uh, we hope you guys are doing gr- great today. We got another really, really good episode. Uh, we're both looking forward to it. Uh, really looking to dive in uh, to uh, Transformers today. More uh, than me to I. That's it. That's it. <laughs> you know what, man? It, it's funny. Right, so I was uh, looking back. I was looking back just uh, at Transformers and the whole getting ready for this episode. Oh yeah, and it's been like uh, almost forty years, man. Almost forty yeah. years since uh, Transformers the movie came out, and roughly that same point of time since uh, the original G One series uh, uh, debuted. And uh, I gotta ask you, where has the time gone? I don't know where the time is going. It makes me feel old because I remember that that initial commercial. I remember it's probably when I was I was a small kid watching Saturday morning cartoons and I was into G.I. Joe and Tonka trucks and all that kind of thing. And all of a sudden I saw these cool cars on the screen. I was like, okay, those those some nice cars. And then a second later they were cool robots. And I'm thinking, wow, I got two toys in one. I can't can't believe this is coming out. So yeah, it's, it's been a long time since Transformers Transformers dropped all those years ago. Yeah, 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 man. It brings me back. You remember GoBots? Remember GoBots? Yeah. <laughs> GoBots that that um, Sergeant Rock pretty much Sergeant Rock yeah. show was GoBots to the Transformers. The competition that didn't work, Betamax and all that kind of thing. The the <laughs> similar thing that didn't work in the eighties. <laughs> and you know what? Here's the thing, right? I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that GoBots premiered before Transformers, right? And it's just... I can believe it. it. Yeah, and it's crazy to believe how big Transformers was compared to GoBots. It's just... It's ridiculous. But anyway, let's get back to the show. Uh, let's dive right into some news uh, before we go uh, anywhere else. So uh, Disney just uh, put out a statement about the release of Mulan, which... Originally, it was supposed to come to theaters uh, early in the spring. I, I want to say it was like around March. Okay. And, uh, you know, of course, because of uh, the pandemic and everything else going on, like most movies, uh, it was uh, shelved indefinitely. And Disney has come out recently and said that they're going to release uh, uh, Mulan on uh, Disney Plus. Okay. Which, in and of itself, right? That's a, that's a good thing, right? That's a very good thing. Yeah, on, on top of that, though, they, they said, you know what, uh, you got to pay $30 for it. And I'm not, you know, first of all, I'm not really sure how I feel about that. Well, uh, I know how I feel yeah. about that. I'm not happy about that. <laughs> I was thinking since I'm a Disney Plus subscriber, I mean, I can just click on Mulan, you know, whenever. But 30 bucks and we paying for it every month. Yeah, that's that's not too cool right there. Yeah, I mean, you you pay for you pay the thirty bucks one time, right? And the right. statement is basically you pay the thirty bucks, and then you can get access to it indefinitely. But I'm I'm not a huge fan of that. Uh, I understand why they want the thirty bucks because it, you know they got to recoup marketing and production and and all this other stuff that goes along with it, right? Right. Uh, but if if I'm gonna pay thirty bucks for something, I, I want something tangible. And uh, that is, you know, let me get on my soapbox real quick. Oh, yeah, climb on up there. Climb on up. Yeah, because I'm not a big fan of the digital-only content anyway, right? I mean, we got movies digital-only or digital uh, primarily on digital or or video games primarily on digital. uh, And then they charge the same price, if not more, for that content. And I think that's ridiculous because at least when I go buy a movie or I go, I go buy a Blu-ray, right. Or a 4k HD, uh, HD disc, or I go buy a game. I have the, the tangible copy that I can do whatever I want with right now. I understand the ease of use with, with VOD or, uh, digital content for video games. You can just use it anywhere, but there's no way I should be paying the same price. For something that you didn't have to ship to me, you didn't have to print up a label. Basically, what I'm doing is I'm downloading a code, and then I don't even—it's not even mine to have. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
when you look at Mulan, right, and how they're doing it, okay, I'm I'm just gonna wait. I'm gonna wait the two months or whatever. I'm gonna go to Walmart or Amazon yeah. or order off eBay and then yeah. get my own copy and it's mine. And I could I could lend it to you or whatever. And I have a huge issue with that. Most definitely. And on top of everything you said, if your internet goes out, then you can't play Mulan, even though you've you basically bought the right to play it. Yeah, so I'm I'm sort of like that too. The tangible game or, or the tangible nature of it, I totally agree. Because it took me a while to be comfortable enough to download games. Because I have a PS4 and mm-hmm. I got a huge, um, I think it's a Western Digital four four terabyte hard drive. So I download a lot of stuff on oh, it, and okay. and it's it's pretty neat, you know. Because I've even heard that that hard drive operates the game slightly faster than the hard drive the PS4 comes with. So it's pretty neat, but on the other hand, my biggest question was was when I get tired of playing this game, at least I could take it when I bought the actual disc and I can just sell it on eBay and get, you know, a fraction of my money back. So it's it's more of a convenience thing. If I if I'm checking out the PlayStation store offenses, I end up buying Madden this summer finally. And I think when Madden came out, it was like 70 bucks, and they had an 80-buck version and all these other different kinds of versions. Mm-hmm. So I ended up buying it maybe two months ago, and I got it for, I think, fourteen ninety-five or something, which which was an awesome deal. So I don't mind having that only on my hard drive. And yeah. if it was a situation of Mulan, of, of, of it coming out day one, let's say it's 30 bucks, and this time next summer, if I could get that same deal you're talking about for like nine ninety-five or something, that might be worth it. But yeah, 30 bucks and you have to, you know, have the internet and all this kind of stuff to watch it or you can't necessarily own it. Yeah, I don't think that's a good deal either. Yeah, and, and then here's the thing, right? They say indefinitely. They didn't say right. permanently. So there may be a time when they take it down from the, the service, right? Exactly. And then you're just going to have a whole bunch of other issues to deal with with people i i would prefer to be able to buy it and i and you know you know uh, you know why i may be griping about the uh the method in which they're going to distribute it uh i i actually was really looking forward to milan looking at it with a uh majority asian cast or asian american cast uh yeah. just looking at the action itself i you know i'm I'm really big into uh, that type of film, and uh, you know when they they put that out, it kind of put a, a sour taste in my mouth. But let's, let's move on from that. Looking at you know, let's look at something good, right? Awesome. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Wonder Woman just dropped a new teaser, uh, even though it's only like eight seconds or nine seconds or something like that. Uh, and it's uh, primarily starring Kristen Wiig uh, as as her role as Cheetah, and you kind of get a little bit better feel uh, from this teaser, teaser about you know her abilities and what she's going to do. Uh, now they haven't really shown a costume yet, right? Other than her in a leopard print blazer but other than that uh we really haven't gotten much as far as a costume but i'm really hyped about this movie what do you think oh i am too i am too that first wonder woman was kind of a pleasant surprise not saying i wasn't expecting much but to be totally honest when they told me that the girl from fast and the furious who i almost needed subtitles on screen to understand what she was saying and who didn't seem to be a very good actress? And I mean, let's face it. If wait, 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 wait a minute. Let, let me stop you. She was in the Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah. She's in. She starts off in Fast Five, and she's in Six and okay, Seven, really? I think. Or she might have started off in Four, Five, and Six. She was in around three of them. And okay. yeah, Fast and Furious to me is a guilty pleasure. I was a I was a big Paul Walker fan. I, it kind of hurt me when I heard he got killed and. And and um, Luda is a present surprise. Excuse me, Chris Bridges when he acts, he's <laughs> Luda. When he's a rapper, he's Luda. But yeah, she's in. She's in at least three of them. She was the um, really the Asian I, guy's see. girlfriend. I apologize for forgetting his name, but yeah, she was in there. She was she was a, a good as far as the action scenes, but. Her acting was okay. just kind of blah, and I'm like, if you can't really act in a movie with Vin Diesel and with car chases and explosions <laughs> with no firm plot, 
how can I watch you as Wonder Woman? But hey, you know, she they were saying she took martial arts classes. She got a dietitian and put on weight to make that suit look a little better. And yeah, it was a pleasant surprise. I, th- I thought it was very, very good. I thought it was, matter of fact, that and the Aquaman are the best we've gotten from DC recently. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I agree, man. Uh, Aquaman, uh, Shazam, Wonder Woman 2. And, and that, you know, that, that kind of brings up that, you know, DC is doing uh, their fandom experience uh, August 22nd. Okay. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. They, they got the release dates out of uh the movies they're coming out with which is really good and i'm just okay. gonna you know I'm, I'm gonna put out the release dates here uh okay. where at least uh, some okay. of them because uh you know these things are all subject to change especially in the world we're in right now so oh, yeah. you, you got wonder woman that's been moved uh again uh to october 22nd this year and then you got suicide squad which uh is being directed by james gunn which that, that can be really fun right <laughs> yeah uh, Taking, Guardians of the uh, Suicide uh, Squad. Yeah, Suicide Squad of the Galaxy. Yeah, right, exactly. so. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you know what? The, for all the things that Suicide, uh, Suicide Squad wasn't, the first film, right? right? I will say this. That trailer that they had for Suicide Squad was by far probably one of the best trailers I've ever seen. That, that Suicide okay. Squad trailer was awesome. And, you know, they got my money, even though I knew. I knew it was going to be bad. I knew it wasn't going to be what I wanted. But they still got my money based on that trailer. So well done to that crew, whoever put the trailer together. But uh, the new Suicide Squad film by James Gunn, that'll be out August 6, uh, 2021. Okay. And then uh, Matt Reeves, The Batman, uh, starring uh, Robert Patterson. That's going to be <laughs> October 1st. 2021 mr twilight so uh i'm I'm really pulling for him though man i've seen him in a lot of other things he's a great actor so uh and then they they still have which this movie it just seems to never like it's like this movie doesn't want to get made right black adam so black adam is scheduled to come out for the holiday season of uh christmas christmas holiday season of uh 2021 december 22nd and then you got the Flash, uh, June 3rd, uh, okay. 2022, and then Shazam 2, 2022, and Aquaman 2, 2022. And, and you know what? I could see some of these movies just slipping, slipping off the radar. Or uh, Yeah, yeah. that Flash movie especially. That, that guy seems like, I don't know how to, how to say this without being insulted. I would have rather seen the guy from the Flash television show. Grant Gustin, matter of fact, they could have just yes. had this whole cast. Yes. I would have much rather seen him and and Cisco and and his 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 little crew and Joe and all of them. That should have been the flash cast. As a matter of fact, they could have tossed in the guy from Green Arrow to make a cameo on that one. And I quickly this this um Matt Reeves the the Batman. I just don't understand how it's been so hard to get a legitimate Batman over the years. I think Christian Bale is probably, no, I can't say I think, I know the Christian Bale experience has been the best, I think, iteration of Batman we've seen. And every time I think about the romantic Batman, excuse me, the romantic vampire <laughs> playing Batman, I just kind of smile and chuckle and thinking, where where has Batman gone that, that this is your choice? And as you said, I want to give the guy a chance but I don't know. I just think about who would have thought about a vampire love story. And for the Twilight fans out there, please forgive me. I just never got into Twilight. I always prefer my vampires to be like the Blade vampires. I want to see Wesley <laughs> kick them in the head and shoot them and make them explode. But hey, hey, what the heck? This might be pretty good. Who knows? Well, well, I know he's like uh, he's um, he's starting a couple movies that were uh, critically acclaimed and and. And very well done. So one of them being Old Man uh, in the Sea uh, with uh, Good God. I can't remember his name, but the Green Goblin. Who was the Green Goblin? Oh, the first set of Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, Willem Willem Dafoe. Thank you. Thank you, Willem Dafoe. So 
you know, he stars in that, and that was a good film. And then he has another film that's been on my radar, and I haven't really watched it all, but it seems like a good movie. Uh, the one where he goes to space, and I don't know, Space Vampire. I don't know. That's what we're going to call it for right now. Space, space vampire. vampire works. Yeah, I, I don't know. But, yeah, Space Vampire seems like a good movie. Uh, right. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, but you know, I, I'm going to give it a chance. I'm pretty sure he's going to do well and yeah. uh, not own it in. So, <laughs> I, you know, but that so. deep. That DC slate right now is really ambitious. It's really yeah. ambitious. They, yeah. uh, you know, I I want to see if they, you know, honestly, if if they could get the Black Adam movie out of this, and and I want to see where that goes, right? Because you got yeah. Black Adam December twenty second, twenty twenty one, and then you have Shazam two November fourth, twenty twenty two. So if they can really meld that together and uh, make those films work, that that would be a, a you know a slight surprise for me. It's- and speaking of melding, is the ultimate goal to actually have Black Adam as the villain of a Shazam movie? Or is the Black Adam just going to be a separate thing? Because DC doing doing this thing, let's give the villain their own solo movie. Shout out to the Joker movie, which was a pleasant surprise too. I mean, what what's their what's their in in game on this? Uh, excuse the pun from the competition, but what do you think they're trying to go with this? Uh, I honestly, I have no idea where they're going with it. Uh, I think it is a good sign, though, that they're bringing in, uh, they're bringing in um, um, Michael Keaton. Michael okay. Keaton's coming in, and uh, and from all accounts, he's going to be the one that ties the universe together. Okay. So, uh, from my from my standpoint, uh, looking at it, that's a good move. They're trying to solidify their future. What I would like for DC to do. You know, either do one or two things. Either point your universe at uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Definitely. Right? Like, like that's going to be your end point, or at least yeah. your end point for, you know, your first major, major phase. Right? right? So either point it at Crisis of Infinite Earths, or, and this is probably one of my favorite comics, uh, point it at Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come is probably... Kingdom Come, definitely, yeah. Yeah, it is a awesome awesome story i i have the uh i have the of course i have the graphic novel but i also have the uh novelization okay. and man that story is so rich and it sets everything up for the uh dc universe and they even they even revisited the kingdom come universe uh i want to say in uh justice society they, okay. they, they have uh the kingdom come batman come, i mean not batman but the kingdom come superman come back and uh, he joins the Justice Society with uh, the the original Flash, the original Green Lantern, uh, not not the Silver Age ones, but the the, the right. Golden Age Green Lantern and uh, and Flash, and quite a few other people like Wildcat and all these guys, right? Okay. Uh, so if they pointed the universe and said, "Look, this is what we're going to go to," or even said, you know, and I think this is what Zack Snyder had in mind, uh, going uh, toward the Apocalypse War. So if they do anything like that, I'd be really happy. Uh, at least they would have a roadmap of saying, okay, this is our start point. This is our end point. And then having a start point and end point, you can kind of adjust on the fly from there. I could see that. And if we could also toss in a possible Flashpoint storyline. Good one. Good and one. They, could even, they could even spin Flashpoint into Apocalypse War. And yeah. I, I really think DC... I really think one of their problems is they don't have very many things that have been successful and they always find themselves regrouping and changing gears because since the Batfleck Batman thing just didn't work out by going with Robert Pattinson, you're pretty much saying, well, we're starting over again because yeah. you're going to bring in the Robert Pattinson romantic Batman into the mix with, with the, with the new Wonder Woman, with um, Lisa Bonet's hubby Aquaman, and who knows who's playing Flash and Cyborg. Yeah, it's like we're just doing a straight do-over, and we're hoping you guys don't remember what was just on screen three years ago. So, yeah, it's like, you know, they, they can't make any progress until they really get a definite plan in action that this is what we're going to do. Yeah, and, and speaking of a plan of action, right, so... uh Transformers, right? So, 
<laughs> I uh, watched a couple episodes oh, yeah. of uh, War on Cybertron. Oh, yeah. uh, I didn't, didn't get through all of it, just for honesty sakes. I didn't get through all of it because uh, I got a thousand other things going on. Uh, oh, yeah. And I, but I plan to revisit it. But you did watch it in its entirety. So if you want to, you know, just give us a give us your thoughts on War Cybertron, what you, what you thought about it. And uh, today's episode is just going to be all things Transformers. Definitely, definitely. So to so to to begin this more than meets the eye episode, um, yeah, I enjoyed War for Cybertron. I actually got a text out of the, out of the blue. My friend Eric Sanders, he always puts me on different things. Um, he he he'll have to drop by a podcast one day, maybe. But he sent me a text. He said, "Check out War for Cybertron. It's on Netflix." I checked it out. The first thing, the artwork and the graphics of it are just amazing. It, re- it kind of reminds you of them doing actual graphic representations of some of the toys. You know, the Transformers don't look perfect and clean and with all nice angles like some of these recent cartoons or the movies. You know, you can kind of look to see, or they kind of look like some of the toys did. And shout out to the magical, mystical Peter Cullen. He actually comes mm-hmm. comes back and does the voice of Optimus Prime. It's a great story, and it kind of it kind of goes into a different tale that we haven't really seen from the Transformers. Just slight backstory: the Decepticons were basically prisoners, or they even they they mentioned having to work in the Energon mines. They didn't bring up the slave word, but it was sort of like they were indentured servants, mm-hmm. and they don't really explain how the roles got reversed. But when the movie takes place. Megatron is basically in charge and the Autobots are the, are the, I guess the rebel Alliance shout out to star Wars. And basically this is a preview, you know, from the 84 cartoon, they all come to earth and this kind of takes on that as well. They, the, um, not to spoil too much, but their spoil milk, but their mission is to escape Cybertron. And I won't give away too many details for the people that that are going to go out and check it out. But it's an so, awesome so series. What we'll let's what we'll do is I'll put a time code in, right? Let's let's kind of talk about it in general generalization, and okay. then we'll put a time code in for uh, spoilers. So I mean, the episodes that I watched, I did not know that was Peter Cullen's voice. His, his voice sounded different to me. Uh, yeah. I didn't I didn't know, you know, I didn't think it was him. I wasn't sure who it was. Uh, it sounded different. What I did like is the uh, different characterization of uh, some of the Autobots that we know, right? And, uh, right. you know, and without getting into spoilers, and we'll go into spoilers in just a minute, but without getting into spoilers, Definitely. you know, there's some, there's some certain expectations that come along with certain characters, okay? Right. And there's certain characters you even when you first interact with them and you first uh, uh, look at them on the screen, you, you think they're going to say A, B, and C, or they're going to operate in this way. And that's what I love about this, right? The one oh, yeah. thing I love about it is that they come with some fresh takes and some fresh perspectives to say, okay, you know this character. Because, from, you know, for us, we're G1 lovers, right? We're, we oh, love yeah. Generation 1 uh, oh, yeah. Transformers. But as far as other people there, you know, they're those who came along only uh, during Beast Wars or they came along uh, through uh, some of the comics. Uh, But throughout most of those, the characteristics of some certain characters stays the same throughout. And that is one thing that they did fresh on War Cybertron uh, is that the, the, the perspectives were different. Uh, you see, uh, this is truly uh, a Cybertron that is uh, is ruled by the Decepticons, without question. Right. Without yeah. question. Uh, yeah. So you know, you you kind of get into something uh, a little different there. I I would say I would recommend it. Right. I would recommend it as a uh, as a G one fan. But I want to let, let's put it right out there now. We're about to go into spoilers, so, so we okay. we kind of need to you know because I need to know, and I don't mind if you spoil it for me. I really don't you know I don't care because okay. I'm gonna watch it anyway. But let, let's go into spoiler territories. So okay. storyline, storyline to you. What what's going on uh, during this first leg? Because it's a three part 
series, right? So you what's going it. on towards uh, for this first part of the series? Okay, well, the biggest spoiler, biggest plot leak is that Megatron devises, actually, I should say Shockwave devises a plan that gives it to Megatron. The best way to end the war is to get rid of all the Autobots. Basically, that's what they always did, but this was a fresh take. This movie introduced something that I'd never seen before. All of the Transformers, all of the people of Cybertron weren't either Autobot or Decepticon. It was basically some sort of designation that wasn't explained. Bumblebee isn't on either side. If you've watched the first two episodes, the first one had Bumblebee, you probably noticed he didn't have the Autobot symbol on his chest. He was Mm -hmm. basically neutral. So Shockwave devises a plan if they can find the spark. And the spark was introduced in the Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf, I probably butchered his last name, in that Mm -hmm. first movie. Yeah, the first movie, the first, I would say, modern movie of the Transformers with the spark. So their mission was to find the spark. And somehow using the spark, he could turn all Autobots into Decepticons. Hmm. And they wow. didn't really explain that that into that much detail, but that was pretty much the the genesis of the movie, or the I guess the the main goal of the movie. They both racing to find the spark, so that's why the Autobots came to Earth. They found the spark, and to basically get it get it out of Megatron's hands to stop it from being this weapon they could use against the Autobots and against everyone else on Cybertron. The goal was to get it off Cybertron. And you remember the space bridge from the first generation. So they developed the space bridge, and that's how they got it off. And that's how that's how the, the first leg of this series, it's only six episodes, that's how that one basically ended. And it actually has a lot of familiar characters. Uh, Wheeljack is there. I mentioned Bumblebee, of course, Optimus and Megatron and Jetfire. Jetfire was the toy that you had to get all A's on your report card or a birthday or <laughs> Christmas gift. This was a big toy in the 80s. And Jetfire comes back and he's the leader of the Seekers. And the Seekers is basically all of the Jets. It's on Starscream and the other Jets. Undercracker, all the, and I was wondering that because I'm like, okay, you know, I, I I saw them together, and that's that's one of the great things about this show. Uh, I like how they have the factions, right? And I just want to oh, have, yeah. I, I got a bit of uh, a bit of a correction here. So we we did say Peter Cullen was Optimus Prime here on the cast sheet. It says Jake Fushi. Oh, so okay. I don't know, I don't know who Fushi or Foshi or Foshe. I don't know. I'm gonna be real, you know, I'm gonna be okay. real proud Foshe. So uh, <laughs> I like Peter though, because I was trying to find the cast list and I don't know if he purposely tries to sound like Peter Cullen, try to recapture that magic, but okay. Well, great. Then I stand corrected again. He sounds like Peter Cullen to me. Okay. Yeah, no problem. I, I you know, I've watched so much, right? Uh, it's just, I was like, okay, he's a, this is a little off. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe this is or isn't. Or right. you know, yeah, I had no idea, but that that's interesting. Now, question: Does Jetfire, uh, does Jetfire uh, betray the rest of the Seekers? Because there there's something that happens in the in the first episode, right? Like right. you know, they they corner Wheeljack and Bumblebee, right. and they're about to you know, Starscream is about to destroy them, and uh, Jetfire won't allow Starscream to destroy them. He cuts his arm off. Which right. I thought, you know, of course, I'm a G1 fan, so I know the Jetfire, you know, ends up as an Autobot. Does that follow suit here, or is that something we don't get in uh, this part of the trilogy? Yeah, that 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 actually follows suit, and it was it was you know basically hinted at. Yeah, it's going to come any time now, and even if you just look at minute details, and it's one thing. I, all of the Autobots have blue eyes and all the Decepticons have red eyes. And okay. Jetfire has blue eyes. So it was it was obvious that, you know, it was only a matter of time before he before he goes over to being an uh, Autobot. And he basically was, I mean, it was a good story. He was basically the soldier that was dedicated to the cause, but he wasn't willing to, to give up morality. And most villains don't care that much about morality, but it's good to see a villain with an honor code. He he didn't 
he was basically with the Decepticons because he didn't agree with the Autobots point, but he wasn't in favor of the genocide of the whole Autobot race. And like I say, they never really explained how some of them got to be Autobots and some of them got to be Decepticons. They didn't make it seem like it was a birthright or I guess if you're talking about robots, a creation right or <laughs> it was more of a more of a philosophical thing. But he basically wasn't for the genocide of the Autobots. So, yeah, he eventually turns over to the to the good guys. And by the end of the movie, he's fighting alongside Prime. And um, they actually had a couple female characters that were introduced. Um, uh, RC is back. She okay, was in cool. the Transformers the movie in the mid-'80s. And mm-hmm. they have this this other Transformer. Her, her name is Alita One. Oh, yeah, and, from the cartoon. From the cartoon. Yeah, yeah okay. that was uh, Optimus Prime's uh, first. That was his love interest in the cartoon. Exactly. She ended up... Uh, God, I can't remember what her name was at first, but she was almost destroyed uh, when uh, Optimus Prime was, uh, before he was known as Optimus Prime. So tidbit for anybody who does not know, he wasn't always Optimus Prime. He was uh, Orion Pax, right? Right. So uh, he ends up uh, almost being destroyed by Megatron. He gets rebuilt uh, by Alpha Trion. And yeah. Alpha Trion transforms him into Optimus Prime. Now, if you go into comic books or different lore like that, the Primes are the leaders of the Transformers. But if you just stick with G1, uh, yeah. Optimus Prime was uh, built by Alpha Trion or rebuilt by Alpha Trion. And then Alita 1 was also uh, built as well. Yeah, they, they they have sort of a sort of a little bit of chemistry, as, as much as robots can have, I guess. You could, you could kind of tell, you know, after the battle, he might invite her over to his place, you know, to kind of <laughs> hang out a little bit on the couch. So you could kind of tell that was kind of hinted at. So, to to so, sip yeah. on some uh, WD-40, right? Let's sip on some WD-40. A little bit of WD-40 with a lemon slice in the corner. Maybe some Castrol. Exactly. The Transformer exactly. roll out. That's like- oh, yeah, Transformers roll out, definitely. Definitely, but it was a, it was a very good series, and they hinted at episodes or no um, parts two and three coming later. So, and it was okay. it was interesting. The point the point you made earlier about the consistencies of it. Mm-hmm. One inconsistency was it seems like, you know, the prime everybody remembers that's the perfect leader, the the moral hero. You know, he's always got his got his stuff together, so to speak. He seems, uh, in this one, he seems like he's more of maybe he's new to the leadership, new to the Matrix role of leadership, and he's sort of unsure about himself to a certain extent. And and okay. they and the other Transformers or the other Autobots rather question him more. So it so it it, it fits as a great prequel to the '84 cartoon series. All right, so question here, right? Okay. Because I. If it's anything that bothers me, is this. If it's anything that bothers me, is this, right? Because uh-huh. uh, I like the War on Cybertron video games, right? And uh-huh. I like the design of their transformations. Because when I begin to look at a lot of these different shows, right? You have a, a, a transformation that's akin or more like something we find on Earth, even though they're in Cybertron. Right. Which I think that defeats the whole purpose of being a transformer. Like if you're a transformer, you should transform into something that's more akin to your environment or something that's useful in your environment. Uh, when we, yeah, when we first see like the G and, and yeah, I hate to keep doing this, but going back to the G1 cartoon, right? Remember the Transformers, uh the three of them could transform into the camera? Remember those guys? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, they, yeah. The, I think they were like purple, gray, and green or something. Well, yeah. in, in the G one cartoon, when you first interact with them, you see them one, at least one of them. He's like a pillar, right? And and right. a nondescript pillar that looks like any other pillar. But two two Autobots just ride by him because he looks just like anything else they see. Exactly. But you know, if you got a Mack truck or a Peterbilt truck. And you 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 place it on Cybertron that sticks out because that doesn't match anything else. And oh, I'm, I'm, 
Yeah, and I'm wondering from like this cartoon, the the TV series, are, are they going to ever address that? Because I, I, you know, that makes no sense to me at all. Yeah, me either. And right, and that was something that I kind of took away from it too. And I really think a whole a whole lot of it is that we've grown up now. We're noticing things because Optimus Prime has always looked like a like an eighteen wheeler truck, like a like a flathead Peterbilt. And even yeah. on the old cartoons. And yeah, he did transform it to something more boxy. And then, you know, in the first episode, it was pretty neat when they were all unconscious for 4 million years. Something happened. No, it, it was the volcano eruption. Yep. And the, the robot earthquake, goes yeah. out, riding on fine, similar looking vehicles and scans them and turns them into that kind of vehicle, which makes a lot of sense. So maybe that is going to be something they sort of address when they, I guess, come up with the, with the second set of episodes, because that's when they'll be going to Earth. Yeah, and, and that kind of, it kind of flows, right? Like, that's how we got Beast Wars. Uh, that's how we end up getting the Dinobots, uh, right. because of that, that technology to say, okay, we need to blend in uh, with our environment. Well, the Dinobots were built by Wheeljack, but uh, right. as far as Beast Wars, you know, it blends in with the environment. So even though they're robots, in Beast Wars, they can turn into animals, which is super cool. That's that's really awesome because it matches the environment. And that's that's kind of the continuity I like to see. I like to see that continuity where, where wherever they go, they match in with whatever the circumstances are and what's happening at that time. And I think that's a really uh, that's a really good point of Transformers that they they stick within those lines of saying, okay. This, these are the rules of the universe. This is what we got going on. This is what we have. Right. Uh, and this is uh, what we got. So, question. So, okay. for for World Cybertron, is this a recommend or a put on the shelf for you? No, it's a definite recommend. I would say if you ever had any amount of love for the Transformers, definitely check this out. Yeah, and the, and the episodes aren't super long, you know, so, and, and it's only six. So yeah, if you ever had any love for the Transformers, definitely check this one out. Yeah, it's, and, and I'm, recommend. I'm a big fan of the comic books, right? So, okay. uh, you know, well, not a huge fan, but big enough to say I've read a few, uh, uh, such as All Hail Mega uh, or Hail Megatron. Uh, and then you mentioned something to me that I've never read before, right? So Transformers versus Predator. Yeah. Uh, I've never read that before. And I've read uh, like Batman versus Predator and Terminator versus Predator. But uh, how did that go with Transformers versus Predator? I actually didn't tackle it very hard. I just remember, and this came out years ago. This might have been 10, 15 years ago. I remember seeing Transformers versus Predator, I think in a comic book store. And I picked it up and kind of thumbed through a, a little bit, but I didn't really dive in that deep. And I also remember seeing Transformers versus G.I. Joe, which was pretty neat. You know, the good G.I. Joes, the the um right, the the actual G.I. Joe team and the, and the Autobots were pretty much uh allies versus Cobra and the Decepticons. And I'm thinking since Hasbro, the toy company, owned both properties, it mm-hmm. just kinda made sense, you know, we're gonna put them together since we own all of this. So so yeah, that w- that was out in the comics as well. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, G.I. Joe and Transformers have always kind of walked hand in hand, even from the cartoons. Uh, right. I believe it was uh, it was one cartoon, in, uh, one episode in particular, rather, where uh, Cobra Commander is at the end of the episode. I believe that was with uh, Trax. And okay. uh, Trax goes to like a disco club and everybody's being like hypnotized by the music. Oh, yeah. And uh, I want to say the end of that episode uh, features... Uh, someone, it's very on the nose, right? I think his name is like the Viper. <laughs> right. And it, it's the same guy who does the uh, the voice uh, for Cobra Commander in the G.I. Joe uh, series. So, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a lot of uh, intermingling there. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. There, there must not have been a lot of job, jobs for voice actors in the 80s because you can see a whole lot of double dipping, so to speak, between G.I. Joe and the Transformers. Yeah, that's how it goes. But you know, you can, can kind of hear, hey, you know, this GI Joe sounds just like that Autobot. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, everybody was uh, making money back then as far as in cartoons, oh, yeah. man. It's uh, pretty good. But I'm going to have to look for that Transformers versus Predator. I'm interested in that now because, like yeah. I said, I've, uh, I think one of my favorites, though, from that uh, from that whole mishmash of crossovers was uh, RoboCop versus Terminator. I think that's a good one, man. If you've never read that, uh, okay. go read that. It's pretty cool. Uh, RoboCop versus Terminator. And then uh, even with uh, some of the new Alien comic books that have come out, they're really, really good uh, by Dark Horse. Uh, And I I think uh, Marvel has that uh, license now to make those. Uh, But yeah, uh, G.I. Joe versus Transformers, that's a good one. And then, uh, you know, my my all-time favorite Transformers uh, piece of uh, property, though. I mean, not property, but entertainment is uh, Transformers the movie, man. I cannot get enough of that. I've probably, oh, for real? Yeah, I've watched it. Uh, man, I've probably watched it at least over 100 times. At least. Wow. Uh, yeah, I have the special edition DVD. Uh, I don't think they came out with a special edition Blu-ray, but the 25th anniversary DVD, I bought that with the full screen, the widescreen. Uh, when they did the 30th anniversary re-release, uh, me and my brother went to go see that. Uh, okay. We were like uh, two of uh, 25 people in the theater uh, going to see right. Yeah, you remember when it came out? And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, remember when it came out and Optimus Prime dies? Man, there was, man, there were kids that are still scarred <laughs> to this day. I am one of those kids. I absolutely hate that movie. If, if that movie was a person, I would fight Transformers the movie right now. I've seen that movie one time, not hundreds. I've seen that one time, and when they kill Prime, I was I was thinking about taking that VHS tape at the time and throwing it as far as I could. How do you kill Prime? Man, look, it, but you're right. But they bring them back. They bring them back afterwards. Well, yeah, and- at the time that I'm sitting on the couch, totally stunned, all in my feelings. I mean, Prime was like a family member in the 80s. And, and that, that VHS really, really destroyed me for the rest of that week. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm just thinking you got a, a conference room full of people, all of these Hasbro execs, all of these people, and they sitting around and they thinking – what do we do in this movie? And I just see Mr. Jones raise his hand and said, Hey guys, I got a great idea. Let's kill Prime. And let's let's make point, some more money off toys and kill Optimus exactly. Prime. And at that point, he, he should have been fired and he should have been kicked out of the room. And but instead, nah, they went with Mr. Jones and said, Hey, this this is a good idea. Promote this man. Promote this man. Yeah, Roy Jones, head of head of marketing. So instead, they promoted this dude, and they ran with this ignorant idea to kill Prime, and and their their stocks plummeted. I would just imagine because I was watching a documentary on Optimus Prime. It was saying that the backlash was so serious, yeah, it was severe. Yeah, that when they made GI Joe the movie, Duke was supposed to die. Yes, yes, and if you notice, yeah, yeah, they rewrote it. They rewrote it. Yeah, they, 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 they did a straight do-over at the last minute because they realized Mr. Jones let us down the wrong path. We're going to fire him. And we just going to have Duke wounded at the end and, and a then Falcon. Shout out to Don Johnson, my boy from Miami Vice. It was my yeah. favorite 80s show. I wanted to be Tubbs when I was 10 years old. But, yeah, this was um this was totally redone. They the. the Hasbro wing that does GI Joe says we're not gonna make the same mistake and and in in all of that to make it even worse, you promote Hot Rod, who was a terrible transformer. Yes, he, he was. I agree. I agree. <laughs> he yeah. got Optimus Prime killed. That's he what he Optimus did. Prime kill. And he got him killed. And, no. Uh, uh. Ultra Magnus was just, he was a waste, right? He was just such a waste. He could have been so much more. But yeah. they just, and, and that's what, you know, the thing about, and talk about continuity, right? So so for one, you were right. There was a huge backlash about Optimus Prime uh, dying, okay? Right. But the continuity of that movie, and, and I mean, I love it, right? I love it. I love it for what it is. Uh, I do remember other kids. Oh my God, Optimus Prime is dead. I wasn't one of those kids. I enjoyed the movie for what it was. I was like, man, that sucks. 
It sucks that he died. I'm a GI Joe guy first and foremost. I'm always oh, say that. Too. I me love too. Transformers, but but you know, I'm sitting up here right now. I'm looking at uh, you know my my killer whale. Uh, GI Joe Transformer. I mean, GI Joe toy. I, I got all this stuff around me, right? So I'm I'm a GI Joe guy. Number one, first and foremost. Oh, but I too. cannot I cannot overlook the fact that death is just so wishy washy in the Transformers movie, right? In the universe, oh, totally. because you know it starts off okay. And this was supposed to be a World Cybertron review, not GI Joe the movie. Review, but we're gonna get into it anyway. So it oh, starts yeah. off right awesome. Megatron gets on the space shuttle, you know, that's like within the first 15 minutes. He wipes out all the old Transformers, you know, Ironhide, Braun, oh, uh, yeah, Prowl, all these guys, right? Yeah. He just eliminates them, right? Just totally kill these guys off. They go to Earth. You got all these other uh, uh, Autobots being killed. Will Jack in the back. Will Jack doesn't even get an on-screen death. He, he dies off-screen. Exactly. And you got all these other other guys. They're just trying to make room for all the new Autobots, right? So you yep. get all the new Autobots, and they got all the plot armor on, okay? And, you know, Optimus Prime dies. Then they go off of Earth, and, you know, they go to the junk planet. And Ultra Magnus gets blown up, right? Blown up. Yeah, blown up. Didn't like, open the Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. They totally blow him up, destroy him. And then 20 minutes later, they say, Oh, it's no problem. We just put his parts back together and we put some uh, you know, some turtle wax on him, and he's good as new. And I'm like, yeah. why couldn't you do that with Optimus Prime? He just yeah. got cut in the side and shot a couple times. Why can't yeah. we go get some we can go to AutoZone, get this guy some new right. parts, you know, we can go to O'Reilly's or whatever, you know, go down the street, go to Walmart, get him a new flux capacitor, put him back together. But no, Optimus Prime has to die. I'm like, that that makes no sense to me at all they could have taken them over to exhibit and uh pimp my ride and that crew could have put him back together there you go there you go (laughs) what i really what really shocked me is that if you know if you're looking at the old cartoons you know it's like three or four autobots and three or four decepticons get shot every episode yeah and you'll see them get shot and you'll see a little smoke come out and they'll limp around for a little while but then they good to go so i had gotten used to that that's what guns meant to me that's what Transformer, Transformer guns meant to me when I saw the movie. And like you're saying, Megatron shoots Blue Streak or somebody, Prowl, one time, and you see his eyes turn red and smoke come out of his mouth. And I'm thinking, okay, what's what's going on here? And then mm-hmm. the same thing happened to Wheeljack, and he blows up, or Ratchet, I think. Wheeljack or Ratchet. Yeah, it was I'm one thinking, of them. I mean, everybody yeah. has, you know, any team. Yeah, and it's like, you know, you're just going to totally change the rules up here. And and I've forgotten a lot of that movie. I just remember the coolest scene, I thought, was when Starscream had promoted himself and had on a crime. A, a crime. Uh. They had rebuilt Megatron into Galvatron. And then he transforms and Starscream was saying something like, he's the leader. He's the... the yeah, it was his coronation. It was his coronation. coronation. Yeah. <laughs> And then the brand new Galvatron says, this is good comedy, Starscream. He transforms into the cannon and blows him up. And I should have taken I should have taken that VHS out right there and not even watch the rest of it. But, yeah. but it's classic Starscream. So, like, up to that point, classic Starscream. They're, they're yeah. Astro Train. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're Astro Train. The Decepticons are beat down. Megatron is just totally messed up. And they're throwing him out of Astro Train. Yeah. And Starscream picks up Megatron. That's probably yeah. one of my favorite parts. He picks up Megatron, walks him over to to the uh to the uh hatch. <laughs> and Megatron is like, uh, yeah, I still function. <laughs> and Starscream <laughs> looks at him and, and drops him out and says, Wanna bet? <laughs> and he just <laughs> drops him out of Astro Train. It's one of the great, great scenes of that movie, man. It still makes me laugh to this day. Yeah. But that, that that movie was it was it definitely was awesome for me. Did you did you know there's a band, right? And they came to uh they came to Detroit. Okay. They came here in Detroit, I wanna say last year. And they're called Cybertronic Spree. 
and oh, they wow. do all and shout out to Cybertronic Spree, man. If you guys haven't watched them, you can YouTube you can YouTube them. And they have plenty of uh videos of their shows and, and uh what they do is they basically do the uh Transformers the movie soundtrack, which is an awesome uh hair band soundtrack, right? So they do yeah. the I entire the, the opening song. It was good. Oh yeah, so they so this group they dress up as transformers. Like Google them, right? YouTube them. Okay. Uh, they okay. dress up as transformers, and they do the entire uh, soundtrack, and they do a, a lot of uh, other uh, theme songs too. Like they do the Pokemon theme song. If that's you know, okay. it's not really my thing, but it's an awesome either, theme yeah. song. Uh, so I went and uh, saw them last year. Uh, here and it was it was awesome it was great i had a great time me and my brother uh and uh my buddy uh the chris brown he owns the comic book shop uh comics okay. and more uh uh over in madison heights not too far from me but uh name drop for them man comics and more oh, yeah. great comic book shop but uh it, it, they're great man. oh look man i've spent hours literally and, you know, I haven't been up there in a while, especially since, uh, you know, uh, having a family and kids and whatnot. I haven't spent as much time up there, but it's always a great thing to see that guy. But, man, I've literally spent half a day up there. Uh, so That's uh, awesome, then. He's like Stuart yeah. from Big Bang Theory, then. Oh, man, look, <laughs> the guy is, like, he's very knowledgeable. And not only is he very knowledgeable, he's an awesome guy. So, you know, uh, I would always say support your local comic book shop. Uh, oh, yeah. especially during this time, go up there. Uh, they can use all the assistance. That's one thing we don't want comic book shops to close. We want them to stay open. So don't, don't just use comiXology, actually go and buy a comic book. It, it's well worth it. Right. So, oh yeah, most definitely. That's most that. Definitely. So, so for our transformer episodes, man, we've done just about everything. Transformers. You got anything on the fringes, uh, of transformers you want to, uh, shout out or bring up, uh, yeah, or yeah. anything uh, else. <laughs> yeah, I was. I would like to cover the movies just for a couple minutes here. I, I, re- I remember hearing the rumors that hey, they're gonna make a live action Transformers movie, and uh, just, just as I am, I'm I'm the skeptical friend everybody has, and I'm saying nah, that's not gonna work. And I I remember going, and I loved it. I think the first the first one was was awesome. It was. It was great. I'm a big Anthony Anderson fan, so them, them, you know, throwing him in there for comic relief, I thought was cool. And then he disappears, right? He doesn't show up in any of the show. Straight up disappears. Maybe it's maybe he was asking too much money for part two, but the first three I thought were were good. The fourth one with um, Marky Mark. (laughs) Marky Mark is kind of like if you want somebody to come in and spice up the movie, and you can't afford the rock. Then you call Marcus agent and see what you can do. See if Mark Wahlberg will grace you with a movie. And I actually thought it was pretty good. It they kind of shoehorn the, the Dinobots in at the end. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a questionable decision. But I thought that one was pretty cool. I haven't seen the last night, and I, w- I was actually watching Bumblebee earlier. I was thinking I was going to watch that one to kind of have something to kind of, you know, that's the that's the newest movie, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, that's that one actually is pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. I, so I'm going to be honest with you. After the first one, I hated all the rest of them except for Bumblebee. Oh, for real? <laughs> I, I did. I, 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 I uh, enjoyed the action for, uh, what was the third one? Dark of the Moon or Dark Side yeah. of the Moon or something like that. I enjoyed yeah. uh, some of the action. But it looks like it seems like the action got progressively worse after the first one. It's like it got more jumbled up, a lot faster, and I really couldn't yeah. pay attention to it. And then and it seemed like it was just slapstick after that. So the first one, it had some yeah. slapstick in there, and it, it kind of you know it had some silly moments, but for the most part. You know, it was a pretty solid movie, a pretty decent movie. Uh, as you start getting on to the second, third, fourth, I think it was five of the main ones, and then you had the Bumblebee movie. It, it yeah. gets more slapstick. It gets more wild. You get just random explosions. The the You know, the the action kind of makes no sense. Like, even, you know, I think the, the one where they go get the Dinobots, right? 
They get the Dinobots. Optimus Prime is riding a Dinobot. I'm like, that would have never flown in any of the G1 cartoons. There's no way Grimlock would let Optimus (laughs) Prime ride. There's no way at all. But I, you know, for what it is, though, if you just want to watch it and enjoy like a bunch of explosions, you know, I'm like, okay. Wasn't really my cup of tea, but. Yeah, I can I can see what you're saying. Um, my my philosophy has always been, if it's loud and exciting, then I definitely want to see it in the theater. Okay. And if it's loud and exciting, I can sacrifice some plot for some excitement, and that's pretty much what it is. I mean, they kind of loud. It's it's silly to a certain extent. I was thinking about the part two. Where they had those two Transformers, uh, th- those two Autobots, I can't think of the name of them, and they were kind of silly, and they looked like they, I don't really know. Oh yeah, one uh, flapping skits. Oh yeah. man, they caught so much flack for that. It was just, oh it, man, yeah, yeah the stereotypes. It was oh, oh totally. That, yeah, that was our mix of Transformers. Man, that is a great analogy. Yeah. <laughs> That is exactly But through it all, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was good that they got Leonard Nimoy to voice that Transformer, that uh, Autobot who turned out to be a villain by the end. And by that time, it did kind of seem like, yeah, they kind of relying on all action and just a little bit of plot. And But it always seemed like the, the humor slash silliness and action was enough to keep me engaged. But by the time the fourth one came along and it seemed like I guess Shia's contract got too big. And once again, <laughs> they called it rock and he wouldn't call him back. So they called Mark Wahlberg and he's like, Hey, I'll do it. And it seems like that kind of went in a different direction and it was good. But that, that second one Mark was in, that's been out what three years or so or four. And I haven't thought enough to download I- that one yet. I honestly, so I'm going to tell you four and five run together. I know that I've seen parts of them. I can't say I remember them a lot. Like, you know, the whole thing with the Dinobots, I'm not sure if that's the fourth one or the fifth one. Then, you know, Optimus Prime turned evil in one of them and he fought Bumblebee and, you know, uh, and there was some, I don't know if a leader one made a present. See, that's it, it, it mixes together. Like I have no idea which one yeah. is which because you know it just kind of seemed re- really much, very much samey. I, I think yeah. they lost me on the second movie when they. So, so two things lost me on the second movie, and I remember this vividly. The second movie they lost me when they brought back when they brought back Optimus Prime. Right when they brought him back, they killed him in the beginning of the movie. And then they bring them back near the end of the movie. I'm like, okay, there's there's no stakes here. Okay, why would you kill them and then bring them back, you know, an hour later? That makes no sense. And okay, then the whole, yeah, and then the whole thing they did with Jetfire. I was like, that makes no sense. So yeah, well, bringing him back to to kill him off in the first place after 1986 happened, Transformers <laughs> the movie. That was stupid, but to not bring him back, they would have to bring him back because I mean, let's face it: if 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 he was gone forever, there would have been no other movies. Nobody would have gone to see Part Three on through the future. They wouldn't have this Netflix tie-in. That would have basically killed the franchise franchise off again. Because after Transformers the movie, that was only like season two. Oh, that no, was I'm not saying no. I'm not saying don't bring him back. I'm not saying don't bring him back. Like oh, okay. you know, like you can you can bring him back. Okay, you can bring him back. Uh, I'm not saying don't bring him back because you have to. You know, there is no Transformers without Optimus Prime. Let's just be oh, honest. There's no Transformers without him. Okay, they they had to learn that lesson in the cartoons, and that's why they brought him back multiple times. But there's no Transformers without Optimus Prime. But at least right. Bring him back for the third movie. You can always lay those seeds of he's going to come back. He's going to be fine. He's going to be all right. You can do it. I mean, Marvel did it with Spider-Man. Okay? Spider-Man died in Infinity War. You know he wasn't going to stay. I mean, he's their most bankable character. 
uh, regardless of whether you like the movies, the comics, or whatever, Spider-Man yeah. is Marvel's most bankable character. You can put just about Spider-Man on anything. It's going to make money. People are going to watch it. All right? But yeah. at the end of Infinity War, he dies. Okay? Well, well he and, and for the population of the universe dies. And, exactly. <laughs> but but you, you knew they were going to bring him back. Okay, right, they laid right. those seeds like, look, this is going to be the whole movie. We're going to bring these characters back. And if they would have did that with Optimus Prime and said, okay, he dies in the second one, we got to rally together. We got to find a way of defeating Megatron again, even though he was supposed to be dead. We got to find a way of rallying back and defeating him. And, you know, and then you use that third movie to bring him back. You use that third movie to say, okay, this is how we're bringing him back. The whole third movie can be the search, like the search for Spock, right? It can be right. the search the search for Optimus Prime could have been the Prime. third movie. And, and yeah, but you know, when you just kill a character in the movie and then you bring them back in that same movie, that that makes death cheap. And uh I, I'm not a big fan of that. It's just me. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a big fan of that. I could be on this mountain uh for the rest of the episode. But let's uh <laughs> Let's wrap this up, man. What, so what do you have on the shelf right now? What What are you enjoying right now? Okay, on the shelf right now is um, I'm going to check out this Umbrella Academy on Netflix. It looks like it has some potential. I need to kind of delve into that. So that's my, I would say that's definitely going to be on the shelf right now is Umbrella Academy. Yeah, you stole my thunder there, right? That's what I was oh, going to say. Okay, okay. <laughs> Because I'm you a big notes then. Yeah, you know what? Let's watch it. Let's let's follow up then. Let's do a review on it because uh, I'm yeah. uh, a big fan of Umbrella Academy. Not so much the uh, the show. Uh, big fan of the comic book series uh, by Jared Way. Uh, okay. You know, I think he did an awesome job. He's uh, I believe he's the front man of uh, my teenage, uh, my chemical romance. Okay. Uh, so, uh, you know, the front man of that group and he decided to write a comic, uh, many, many years ago. I want to say it was over 10 years ago and that's how we got the umbrella Academy. Uh, but the show, uh, is, is really decent. I like where they're going, uh, okay. in the second season with them going to the sixties. I think I'm on episode, uh, I think I'm on three right now. So, uh, I'm going to finish that up, get into it. Uh, of course the comic and the show are, um, are vastly different in some areas, but I'm enjoying it. None, I'm enjoying it nonetheless. So, uh, really looking okay. forward uh, to wrapping that up. So, we're on the same page. We can do that for one of the episodes. Oh, sure. Sounds good. Sounds good. And the boy season two starts September fourth, I think. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 So uh, we got. We definitely got to get an episode of that in uh, the boy season two. Uh, oh yeah. But. Hmm, let's see what what else do I have on the shelf? That's about it, man. I'm waiting uh, for the uh, colored version uh, of the uh, the Walking Dead. Yeah, definitely, I got, I got that on my radar. And yeah, I gotta uh, check that's... out the ending of it too. After you mentioned that last last episode, I gotta check out the ending. See see how this see how this ends up because I was invested in it so hard for years, so I owe owe that to myself. See how they wrap it up. So I know that. Do you have Ali's Express near you guys, or Ali's uh, Warehouse? Not AliExpress. That's the <laughs> that's where you mail in and get stuff. But oh, Ali's yeah. uh, Discount Warehouse. I think you so. Guys? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I know that they had the compendiums, and this is just oh. for anybody out there, right? They had the compendiums for like ten bucks a piece. Oh, right. So, uh, yeah, you know, if you don't have the comics and you, you want the compendium, you get for like 10 bucks a piece. I mean, it's it's a heavy reading now. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, you know, you get like 48 issues each compendium, yeah. but uh, definitely worth uh, reading. So if you want to catch up, that's probably the most uh, cost effective way of catching up. All right. I'll be sure uh, to check out all this next time. I'm, I'm close to one. OK. Yeah, you should, man. It's a great place for comics and uh, graphic novels. So I, I usually get my graphic novels from there if I'm missing okay. any. Uh, like I'm trying to build up my Daredevil collection again. Awesome. Uh, so I, to Matt Murdock. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. I catch up with some of those. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis, who's over at DC right now doing Superman. And uh, Alex Maleev, 
uh, one of the greatest Daredevil runs ever, man. I mean, that is, you know, a lot of uh, what they did on Netflix was based on uh, on their run of Daredevil. Okay. So, okay. you know, I'm trying to uh, really catch up with that. So some of the graphic novels I found there and uh, really helped me to kind of round out my collection. So shout out to Ali's uh, Warehouse, uh, Discount yeah. Warehouse. You guys have been really helping me out <laughs> round out my collection. But uh, looks like Ali. this thing. Yeah, that's it. Shout out to Ali. Shout out so. to Ali. And last, last thing before we go, let's just be really quick. I met my cousin's baby daughter last year. She's probably about two or three this year. And my my cousin Todd. Shout out to Todd. Okay. Um, shout out to Todd. He was telling me the baby's name, and he says, "Guess guess what her her middle name is?" He said, "It's Prime." I paused for a second. This little baby girl named Prime, and I see her, her mom in the background shooting me a funny look like they've discussed this before. And then he asked me to guess where Prime come from, comes from. And his uh, wife is Nigerian, so I thought for a second that might have been something, you know, in her culture. And then yeah. it hit me. I said, <laughs> she couldn't be named after, after Optimus Prime, could she? And he got this huge grin from, from ear to ear, and he said, yeah. So shout out to Flip Todd and you know, Baby Prime and his wife and everybody too. And I'm wondering what, what kind of compromise he had to make to his wife to get her to name the Baby Prime or whatever. But yeah, shout out to them, big time. Yeah, he gave up all the Energon Cubes for that one. That's All what the Energon Cubes and, and all of the Sunday football for five seasons or something. Oh my God, my God. Yeah. Well, long live Prime. <laughs> May her rule. Be just and, and righteous. That's, oh, that's yeah. it. Oh yeah, that's farm and roll out, definitely. That's it. I think that's gonna wrap up our episode uh for today. Uh we wanna thank you all for uh joining the Spoil Build Podcast. Uh if you'd like to reach out to us, you can reach out reach out to us on Facebook. Uh again the uh the uh, Facebook page is going to say Spoiled Milk. You can also reach out to us uh, via email, spoiledmilkweb at gmail.com or you can also connect with us uh, on Twitter uh, at spoiledmilkweb01. So looking forward to hear from you. If you have any ideas of future episodes or future shows, uh, please connect with us. And, yeah, uh, until, we, until we meet again, uh, we thank you guys for joining us. I'm DJ and my co-host. I'm Big Mike. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.